You are listening to The Music Room with Aileen Miracle. Hi everyone, this is Aileen, and welcome to episode 21 of The Music Room. Today, I'm really excited to talk to you about giving students input for musical programs, which is something that I recently tried with my fifth graders. But before we dive into that topic, um, just a couple things. A reminder about leaving a review in the iTunes store. If you enjoy this podcast, a great way to help other music teachers find the podcast is to go to iTunes and leave a review. Um, And I'd also like to apologize for not being completely regular with my podcast episodes. Things have gotten a little bit crazy busy, but I am going to try to shoot for about once every two weeks. Um, starting after this episode. And Katie will be back in the next podcast episode. So please look forward to that. You can subscribe to The Music Room so that you can make sure every time a new podcast episode comes out that you are notified. All right, so now let's dive into giving students input. So just a little bit of a background about how I've created my programs in the past. I really love to use themes or children's literature to put together my programs, and I've blogged quite a bit about this, and I've had a five-day musical program challenge uh, for the last two summers to try to get people to, you know, brainstorm ideas and come up with songs and choose children's literature that would work well for a program. So in the show notes, I will link to a few blog posts about musical musical programs that I've based off of picture books, just so you can get an idea in case you haven't read those blog posts or you haven't tried that format before. And if you're looking for my show notes, you can go to my blog at mrsmiraclesmusicroom.com and then click on podcast and then find episode 21 to find the show notes. So I've really enjoyed that process, but I have heard for a while now of people having students help to create the program, and this is an idea that intrigued me, but I hadn't really heard a whole lot about it. So what I had heard was that people were, you know, kind of giving the storyline over to students or giving song selection up to students or maybe having students compose some of the pieces for the program. And I really love that idea. However, I only see my students once every five days for 50 minutes. It's not a whole lot of time to give up complete control of the program. So I wanted to have a way that, you know, I could have enough time to put everything together and give them some control, but not all of the control. I was just worried about that time factor. I also wanted to make sure, I'd I'd heard in some cases when you give up the storyline completely to students that sometimes the storyline isn't very cohesive or maybe the students totally get what's going on, but the audience might not. So I thought there might be a good compromise between giving up complete control to students and having me decide everything. So I'm going to outline for you what I recently did with fifth grade. They actually just had their program this past Thursday, and I was really happy with the way it went. So I'm just going to give you an outline of how I did it um, so that perhaps you could use a similar format. So the first thing I did was I chose a book that I thought would work really well for a program. And the picture book that I used was To Be a Drum, which is by Evelyn Coleman and Amina Brenda Lynn Robinson, and I can link to that in the show notes as well. So I chose a book 
knowing that, you know, songs could fit well into the book, um, performance pieces and drumming and dances, you know, it was all kind of natural the way that they could fit into this book. So and I did that myself, I didn't give up control for that, I went ahead and chose the book. And then I taught some songs and performance pieces that I knew would work well with the book. So a few examples, I uh, taught the song Freedom Train, Banuwa, and Obwisana, um, which a Freedom Train is a civil rights song. Banuwa is from Liberia and Obwisana is from Ghana. And I, link, I can link to those in the show notes as well. I also have a set of world music drums. So I have a lot of tubanos and a djembe and a gathering drum and some, um, you know, African non-pitch percussion in my room. So I taught ensemble number one from world music drumming, which again, I can link to in the show notes. It's by Will Schmidt. And I really love that piece. It's the first piece in the book and it's just a, a great piece to teach. And then I also started teaching a hand drumming piece by Chris Judah Lauder, um, which was from a resource I got on West Music. I can link to that in the show notes as well. So I started giving them a foundation of pieces that could work with this program. Then I read them the book. And I told them that this is a book that we are going to base our program off of. And the next uh, class with them, I had typed up the script so I, you know, chunked up the book so it would say like narrator one and the first couple lines of the book, narrator two, second couple lines, that kind of thing. And I put blank spots in the script so that students could write ideas. So maybe I had like three narrators read a few lines and then kind of a, a little bit of a blank spot or white space for students to write. So I had them work in small groups. I gave them each small group a script. And I asked them to just read through the script and see if they could come up with any songs from music class or not from music class. I said, you know, if you know a song from the radio that you think is appropriate or you can think of something else that would work well, then by all means, go ahead and write that. So they had about 25 minutes to work in a small group and just brainstorm ideas for the script. And then I had all five of my fifth grade classes do that. And then I took all that information, I looked at all of the, their ideas, I looked for commonalities, ideas that I thought were really creative and could work really well, and I compiled a script with performance pieces and songs and all that with their ideas. And then in the next class, I showed them what I came up with, so I actually projected it onto my smart board, um, and we kind of read through it, and I we, we continued to revise. So... Um, for example, we added a dance. I was still trying to come up with a dance that would work well, and I had a class come up with a dance that they had already learned that could work well, and so I just went ahead and typed that in there. And then throughout the process, once we really started preparing for the program, I continued to ask for in input. So I would ask, like, well, how do you think we should perform this piece? Like, with the hand drumming piece by Chris Judah Lauder. I had taught it to them, but then I said, well, I think this, this needs more of an ending or, you know, could we add another instrument on this part and what could it be? So I just continued to ask for that input. And then I asked things like, what do you think we should wear? Or how do you think we should decorate that kind of thing? And if I wasn't sure about something, you know, you have all those decisions as a music teacher that you are kind of waffling about. I just asked for their input and I asked them to vote. Like maybe I had two different options. Should we do this or should we do this? And I had them vote and I just went with the majority. 
So some of their additions um, that they added, so they, you know, added Freedom Train and added Obisana, which was great because I wanted them to do that. But it was cool because I could see where they thought those songs or those pieces, you know, would work well. But then some other things they added, I had one group suggest um, the freedom, 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 freedom from Think by Aretha Franklin. So I actually took Audacity and I took like the a karaoke version of that song and I just edited that part. So it was simply that part and they sang through that part twice which is just kind of fun. I never would have thought to do that. Um, I had a double bass player who, during music class, I was teaching this ostinato with Fire in the Mountain, which was another one of their additions. They thought that Fire in the Mountain would work well with this one part in the program. So I had come up with an ORF arrangement, and one of the ostinatos was F sharp, E, D, rest, just ta, 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 rest. And so one of my the double bass players, I don't teach strings, another teacher does, but one of the double bass players said, well, I could play that on double bass. Can I do that? Sure, you can. And then I had a few other strings players who said, oh, we want to do that too. So it was really cool because it just continued to evolve. Instead of it just being exactly what I told them to do, they felt you know, comfortable giving their input, which was really awesome. So like I said, we just performed this this past Thursday, and I was really happy with it. Um, I had students complete a reflection, um, and they actually did it as a Google Drive assignment in Schoology. I don't know how many of you have Schoology, but the way that our system works is in Schoology, you can assign a Google Drive assignment so that it's almost like forcing a copy to the student. They can type in it, and then they submit the assignment, and it comes back to me, which is really cool. I really love that feature. So I had them fill out a reflection with four questions. Um, one of the questions was, what do you think the best part of the program was? Why? What was your favorite part? Why? Um, what do you think we could have improved? And what is a change that you would make to the program? And I just loved this. One of, this, one of my fifth graders um, said this about what she thought the best part was. She said, I think that the best part was allowing the kids to decide what went where. I liked that because then, and this is one reason, the kids didn't have anyone to blame but themselves for the things that happened that they didn't like. It also let us do what we wanted to do, which made the program more fun. I just love that. That's really, I wanted them to, you know, kind of give up control and hand it over to them. And then if there was something that they didn't like, you know, they have more ownership of that and they aren't frustrated with me. They're like, ah, we should have done this. She gave us that option and we just didn't do it, you know. And I really, I actually feel that my fifth graders trusted me more through this process because I gave them so much more input. Um, there wasn't a lot of frustration. They were just really comfortable with what they had come up with and really had a lot of ownership, which was great. What was a little bit challenging about it is that they were continually trying to give input even the day of the program, which was kind of funny. And I had to tell them, okay, I love all of this input you're giving me, but today is the day of the performance and I just kind of have to go with what we have. So that's something to watch out for is that you might have to give them a warning that at some point the creative process kind of stops a little bit and we just have to rehearse with what we have. So I'm going to outline the process again just to kind of review um, the process I went through. First, I chose a book that I thought would work well. 
Then in one of the lessons, I read the book to the students. Then I took the book and typed it up into a script and copied it for small groups to work with, with like white space for the students to put what they thought would go well where. Um, then I gave students around 20 to 25 minutes to work in small groups to brainstorm ideas. I compiled all those ideas and I made a script that had all of those ideas. So I added songs and performance pieces and whatnot into the script. And then I kept asking for input where it where I needed the input. And then we performed and I had students reflect after performing. So my decisions were what book I was using, what song literature I wanted to teach them to kind of get that in their ears. Um, and then I also chose which class was going to do which performance piece. And I did choose that before I got input from them. So this worked well, especially if you only have students, you know, like I do once a week or something like that. I had each class learn a different performance piece. So I had one class learn ensemble number one from the World Music Drumming Resource. I had another class learn the hand drumming piece. Another class did body percussion, a body percussion piece. Another class actually composed their own drumming piece, which was really fun. And then I had another, the fifth class, did an ostinato with Freedom Train. So I chose that beforehand, and that seemed to help. Um, and it, I, it actually helps in that you don't have necessarily like 10 songs to teach students. You have five that are kind of out of the way because each class is learning something different. And then they can learn five songs or whatever on top of that. And it just kind of cuts down the preparation time a little bit. And they really like it because their class is doing something really special. Um, and then you know, with the performance pieces, I did ask for their input, like, you know, what could we add to this hand drumming piece? What should we do here with body percussion? They added some movements where they cross sides with each other. And some kids were playing hand drums and some weren't. So again, that was all student input. So like I said, a really valuable process. I really enjoyed it. I will leave a link in the show notes to episode number eight, of the music room, which is about planning for a program. And like I said, I'll also link to some blog posts about programs I've used. So I hope that's been helpful as you potentially look at that as a process with your students. All right, so I'm going to talk to you about what I'm consuming. Um, I am kind of obsessed with this podcast lately called Spooked, and I'm sure it helps that Halloween is coming up. It's pretty much all ghost stories, and oh my gosh, it's just, it's so fun to listen to. If you're into ghost stories, and especially with it being around Halloween, I highly, highly suggest it. It's really fun. Um, the one I just listened to like yesterday was called Under the Stairs. And in my opinion, it is the scariest one I've listened to. So I would just prepare yourself that, you know, maybe you don't want kids around or maybe adolescents or, you know, 15, 16 years, years old. Because actually the one I think I just listened to, I think the Under the Stairs one did have some language in it that you wouldn't want a child to hear. So just keep that in mind. They, there are two... Um, kind of like ghost stories or two spooky stories every episode. And they're around like 30 minutes a piece. 
And the host who starts off the podcast has like the best voice. It's he's really got kind of like this really like deep resonating voice, which is great for the podcast. So and then he kind of tells a story from his own life that's a little spooky that relates to the two stories that are about to be told. It is really so good. So I highly recommend it. It's called Spooked. And again, I will link to that in the show notes. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. This was kind of a short little episode, um, but I just wanted to share that process because it really worked well in my classroom. And like I said, I'm going to try to be more regular with my uh, podcasting. So make sure that you subscribe to the music room in the iTunes store so that you can um, be notified when the next episode hits the airwaves. Have a wonderful day.